This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The 3-2. Grounded off of the shortstop. Everybody's safe. A run scored. Does two? Yes! Wade gets in there. 2-1 score. And the Yankees lead 8-5. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. With the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio from BetQL. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth last night between the Yankees and the Royals. But the Bronx Bombers end up on top by a score of 8-6. In 11 innings, Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio here, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook on BetQL Daily. The numbers in MLB, they are a-moving. Man, Bryce Harper was in triple digits a week and a half ago to be the NL MVP, and now he's your second favorite. Is there value on the board in some of these division races? I certainly think there is. Uh, Let's bring in Sean Zarillo, get his thoughts. At Sean Zarillo on Twitter, can find his work actionnetwork.com. Sean, this is wild, man. I, I'm sure Joe G is going to have his NL East question in a moment. So I'll start with the American League West. The Athletics all of a sudden are only two games back, and you could find them at plus 460 to win the division. Is there value in jumping on the A's after their good run right now? You know, I, I went ahead and looked at all the divisional races last night, and the only team who I could find offering value specifically in their division was the Yankees. Uh, I think a lot of the numbers for the divisional races have kind of tightened up to the point where they should be. It's tough for me to make the A's below 5-1 to one to win the division at this point. Um, so I, I really don't think there's value in that number. And even for the World Series number, it's hard for me to get them below about 30 to one. So I think that number is sitting, sitting around 25 to one, 30 to one is right where it should be. So yeah, nothing on me for the A's. If anything, I actually show value on the Astros in the world series market. I think they should be closer to plus four seventy five. I have them as the second most talented team in my power rankings. I mean, there's a 10 one gap between the Astros and the Dodgers, but I do have the Astros right. Number two. Sean, what a difference a week makes in the National League East. You look at the odds just a week ago, the Phillies are, what, four and a half or so games out of first place, and and they're not even close. Now they are the favorite by a lot, considering where they were a week ago. They're minus 140 on FanDuel. Braves plus 250. Mets coming off probably their worst weekend of the season. Uh, They're at plus 300 now. If you had to bet the NL East right now based on the current odds, how would you handicap it? Yeah, normally looking at the run differential and seeing the Braves as the only team with a positive run differential, I would tend to have leaned their way. But digging deeper into the numbers, I've downgraded them by 10 wins since the start of the season. I think they've just had a number of high-profile injuries, which have really downgraded their stock. Uh, And there's actually a big disagreement between Fangrass and Dakota as to who the favorite should be right now, the odds-on favorite should be between the Mets and the Phillies. Either of them have the Mets or the Phillies over 50%. I believe Dakota likes the Mets and 
Fangraphs like the Phillies. So depending on which site you use, you know, either one of them can tell you that there's value on those teams at plus money. Uh, if I if I didn't already have futures on the Mets, I would probably be buying low on them at this point, despite where it seems like things are headed. As a Mets fan, I know where things are headed, and the other shoe is dropping. But I had told Joe and other people to jump in on the Phillies at plus five hundred and Zach Wheeler at twenty to one when the Degrom injury happened and the tides have completely flipped. So I would personally. Uh, be looking to buy low in the Mets at two to one. I think the Phillies should probably be a slight favorite, but it's neck and neck for me at this point. I mean, it's, I think you could flip a coin right now, which is why I would take that plus 200 on the Mets. But I think all of the Philly numbers have moved to where they should be based on, you know, the, the dramatic movement that you mentioned that has gone on over the past week. Sean, I want to get into the awards markets uh, coming up in a few minutes, but I want to go back to where we started with the American League East. You said you believe there's value with the Yankees. FanDuel Sportsbook has them winning the East uh, plus 550, plus 550, and they sit six games back. Uh, Fangraphs projects the top four teams in the AL East to all win 90-plus games. So how do you think this thing shakes out here? Which teams are going to make it? Uh, to the postseason. I know the Jays, a lot of steam right now. Every time I take a look in the futures market, the uh, number is dipping for Toronto. Yeah, so I have I have the Yankees as the third most talented team in baseball, the Rays sixth, and the Jays seventh. Um, I have all three ahead of the Red Sox. So I, I actually do think the Red Sox are going to get passed by all of them at some point. Um now, the Yankees, I think, should be plus 1,200 in the World Series market. The Rays, plus 1,000. So I've actually placed bets on both of those teams since the All-Star break. Got the Yankees closer to 25-1 to one at the break. The Rays around 14-1 to one last week. I think still taking 12-1 to one of them is fine. Um, the Jays, if you look at Fangraph, the Jays says plus 2,100 is where the Jays should be. I would have them a little bit higher, but you could argue that there's value on Toronto. Um, but really the Yankees, I, I got them at 12 to one, the winner division at the break, they should be plus three fifty right now. You mentioned you can get them around plus five seventy five. So I think they're worth taking a small stab. It's still a big lead to overcome, but I still think they're the, the third most talented be- team in baseball. As I mentioned, the Rays though, I think are just underrated in the world series market. They have a ton of young pitching. You'll see Luis Patino go today, guy who I'm really high on. I think they're undervalued against the Red Sox today. And I think the Red Sox are just generally overvalued in addition to the White Sox in the futures market, which is what's providing value on these other teams. Sean, I know when we've talked before, um, you're very high on the Dodgers, maybe you thought the Giants would kind of come back down to earth, which they still could. But they're 30 games over 500. They're four games up in the division, about 50 games to go. The gap in the odds has, has obviously changed. The Dodgers still the favorite. How long do you think they can remain the favorite four games back. It almost becomes a math problem at some point for the Dodgers. They have to, they have to play five games better than the giants. Now what about 50 to play? They're capable, but how much longer do you think that if the gap stays around four games, can the Dodgers be the favorite? Um, I would say with four, with about 40 to go is where it would flip. Um, you know, one out of every 10, that's that's really where the differential is going to come. Fangraph still makes the Dodgers 60% to win the division, which is right about where I have them. I believe that Fangraph still has them at that 60% mark. 
I think that's about right. Um, I couldn't make the Giants better than about plus 160 to win the division right now in that 2,000 to 2,500 range for the World Series. The Padres I would have in the same World Series bucket, but probably plus 400 to win the division. So I don't think there's value on anybody in the NL West right now. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend a bet on the Dodgers either at that number. It's, it's still a pretty big gap to overcome. I mentioned I see about a 10-win a gap between the Dodgers and the next closest team in the Astros. The gap down to the Giants is about a 20-win gap in terms of true talent. I still make the Giants about an 86-win team. Dodgers about 105 if you were to restart the season tomorrow. And that's even without Trevor Bauer. So still think the, the Dodgers are supremely talented. Uh, their World Series odds, you can't really put them below plus 350, but it's rare that I can justify seeing a team that low because I do think that that number is justified. It's just there's no value in betting something that low. Mm. This is BetQL Daily. Joe O, Joe G with you weekdays, 9 a.m. to noon on the BetQL Network. Our guest is Sean Zarilla from the Action Network, actionnetwork.com. Terrific follow on Twitter, at Sean Zarillo. Sean, you mentioned uh, the NL Cy Young. Uh, let's go there. Uh, before we get to Wheeler, now the favorite. No uh, Value no longer there. You see him at plus 160 over at FanDuel Sportsbook. We spent a lot of uh, airtime talking about DeGrom this season, and we should have. What if he gives us a full September? Is there any value on DeGrom at 25-1? to Probably not. He's just not going to finish within those requisite benchmarks that you would need in order to, to win the Cy Young Award. I think I've mentioned it a few times, but I believe 18 of the past 20 Cy Young winners have finished in the top three in their league and ones above replacement. He's just not, not going to get the innings. Uh, right now, it looks like Wheeler, Burns, and then Woodruff are going to be your ones above replacement leaders, and Wheeler by a pretty substantial margin. Not to get into the NL MVP race, but Tatis, based on the playing time that he still has left, is probably still going to finish in that top three group. And DeGrom just isn't going to get there. He's had too many injuries this year. He's missed too much time. So I think Wheeler's the pretty clear selection there for me. He's suspected to lead the league in both innings pitched and strikeouts that not not just the National League, but all of Major League Baseball. Uh, his expected indicators are all at least a half run better than Walker Bueller's. I think Bueller and Lynn right now are being overrated in these markets based on their mm. ERAs. If you look at their expected metrics, they're all about a run lower than where they should be. Lynn's actually, Lynn's expected FIP and his Sierra are 3.8 and 3.72. So he's a couple of bad starts away from losing that award. He has an 85% strand rate, a 260 batting average on balls in play. These are all numbers which should regress substantially. Um, so I, I think Wheeler's the pretty clear choice in the NL right now. Burns would be my second choice. Woodruff third. And then looking at the American League, I actually think there's some value on Garrett Cole right now. As crazy as that is to say, he's still projected to lead the American League in one above replacement. He's gotten roughed up lately, but his strikeouts have started to come back. I believe he's got 40 strikeouts in his past four starts, or more than 40 strikeouts, I should say. Rodon right there with him in terms of expected leaders and wins above replacement at the end of the year. My long shot would be Eovaldi, still at 40 to 1. He's still expected to finish in that top three group. I know we got him at 75 to 1 a few weeks ago. Still think he might be worth a long shot stab. I mentioned NL MVP really quick. The long shot there, who I think might have value now, because the value from Harper is completely gone. The value from Muncie might be there, but at 5 to 1, I'm not really interested in betting it. If Tatis doesn't come back, Manny Machado at 50 to 1 is going to look like a steal. Yep. 
He's got 13 home runs in the past month, 1040 OPS, 171 WRC plus, absolutely heating up. And if you look at the end of the year, there's going to be four Dodgers in the top 10 for all-star voting or I should say MVP voting. If Tatis isn't there, Machado is definitely going to get some votes. I don't know if he wins, but at 50 to one right now, I think his chances are probably a little bit better than that. Sean, you mentioned, Manny, you can find him right now 65 to 1 on FanDuel. The, the, the Bryce Harper question I had for you, um, he, he's second right now, FanDuel, plus 270. I, I'm with you. The uh, the value's gone when it comes to Harper. It was plus 3,000, you know, in the middle of last week, and that has totally evaporated with his hot streak. He's having a really good year. The one number I look at, and I I, I don't know if it's over now, but it, it does seem like historically this has mattered. Bryce Harper has 45 runs batted in, Sean. I, I understand there's a lot of better ways to uh, to look at how a player has performed. Do you think a Bryce Harper could win an MVP with less than 75 runs batted in? It's just it, it's just an odd thing where you don't usually see. It's almost like the win total with DeGrom when he won the Cy a few years ago. Yeah, that's unbelievable. I actually had no idea that he was that low. Um, you know, I, I think at this point, evaluators for awards, they really focus on that wins above replacement number. There are certainly guys who wait RBIs uh, at this point still. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't, I think it would probably be amongst the lowest RBI totals ever, especially for a middle of the order hitter to get it. Um, it's, it's kind of a tough race in the NL though, because you have a guy like Trey Turner too, who's actually, actually expected to lead the league in wins above replacement, but no, players ever won the MVP award after getting traded. So it's actually very awkward race to handicap. You have Tatis who might be coming back and playing the outfield. How effective is he going to be? Four daughters in the top 10. So since 2000, there's been four MVP winners who have finished with multiple teammates ranked in the top 10, A-Rod, Morneau, Rollins, and Cabrera. But there's also been four instances where three or more teammates finished in the top 10 and the nobody from that team won the award. Yeah. So teammates don't necessarily hurt you being good, but they don't really help you either. So Harper's kind of on an island by himself relative to those Dodgers guys. Real Muto is not really getting considered for the MVP at this point. Uh, you know, I, I think Wheeler and Muncy are probably your rightful MVP winners. And I have tickets on both of those guys. And I'm, mm-hmm. it's, or I should say NL and Cy Young winners. I'm probably going to end up living in a world where, Tatis or Harper and uh, Walker Bueller take these awards down and end up getting shut out. Uh, don't say that. We got CLV on Muncie. We need that 100 <laughs> to 1 to get home. Uh, if people are listening to the show, they also have Muncie 100 to 1 tickets. I want to follow up on what you said about Lance Lynn a moment ago. Uh, where do you think he should be? Uh, Sean, we've got about a minute left. Where do you think he should be? Uh, should he not be the minus 175 favorite? Should he be the favorite but in plus money? And is he a guy that you would look to fade in the playoffs based on those numbers you gave? Yes. I mean, there's always pitchers who kind of consistently overachieve or consistently underachieve. Guy pitching today, Colby Allard, his expected metrics are all run lower than like his career numbers. So there's Lynn is kind of showing the opposite where a run better. Uh, if I was to handicap this race blind, he would be fourth for me. He'd be, be behind Cole Rodani of all the, I'd probably make him about five to one, eight to one, somewhere in that range. So probably going to be overvalued in the playoffs based upon that ERA. And somebody will probably be betting against. I just think the White Sox in general 
are not as strong of a team as they're getting credit for because they're running away from a bad division and they've racked up a lot of wins against bad teams. Very good. Sean Zarillo at Sean Zarillo on Twitter. Sean, look forward to our next visit. We'll see uh, if there's still value on the board. There, there seems to be a lot right now, my man. Guys, always good talking to you. Thank you for having me. All right, good stuff there from Sean Zarillo. Interesting on Lance Lynn. Third or fourth favorite? Wow. Yeah, he's uh, he's not buying into ERA too much. Machado, Machado, take a look. All right, we're going to preview the Cowboys in the football team next. Joe O, Joe G, keep it locked on BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.